Yeah, whatever they do on it, that they make it with passion. That they make sure that comes from their heart. That that's what they want to do and and enjoy it. And I'm, I can almost guarantee they'll have success in that scenario. You're listening to the Sharing Insights podcast, a show where we explore stories, strategies, and insights from ecologically and socially beneficial projects throughout Costa Rica. These stories provide landowners everywhere access to unique ideas to inspire better business models for greater success and impact. My name is Jason, and I'm a co-founder of one of these unique places. I've been visiting with other owners of impact centers to discuss the successes, challenges, and insights that they've earned along the way. Join me on the adventure. A more sustainable world awaits. In this episode, we hear from Nico Bodafor of Essence R and All. It's an eco-lodge, restaurant, and food forest nestled just across the lake from the Arenal volcano. Nico is another one of those mavericks who's taken pasture land and turned it into a regenerative food forest and hosting grounds for transformational experiences. Nico recounts the story of how he's built a thriving accommodation business complete with greenhouses and fruit trees to feed his guests. It's inspiring to hear how he built all this from just a couple old army tents and cabins. We discuss the charms of providing these glamping tents and the appeal that it has for his customers. Furthering the value of his customers' experience, Nico has also attracted a team of neighbors who provide an array of services for his guests, from massage to horseback riding, waterfall hikes, and canopy tours. In the course of developing his project, he's been able to use funds from the business to invest back into his food forests, which are now supplying the on-site restaurant. This guy is doing it right. As always, if you find the information in these interviews to be something worth sharing, take a minute and post about it on your social media feed, or rate and review us on Apple Podcast. We need as many land stewards as possible to be empowered by the examples set forth by these leaders. So with that, let's take a listen and learn more about what Nico's been up to in his sustainability-focused hotel, Essence R and All. We're here today with Nico from Essence Arenal near the Arenal volcano. Nico's been here since 2003, but founded Essence Arenal in 2008 as a hostel and hotel, and it has grown in some pretty impressive ways since then. The hotel has now its own restaurant, and Nico has been building a permaculture garden and food forest and other systems that feed into the restaurant. And then, of course, the restaurant and their guests in the way of compost and various outputs are coming back into the garden, including tours. Nico has really done a great job of integrating a multitude of systems on the farm to be co-supportive and synergistic with each other. It's a really great model. It shows some maturity and development over the years, uh, all the way to the bamboo that you're using to build. So, Nico, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what got you to want to buy land and build something bigger than yourself to invite people to share. About myself, I'm German. I grew up in Spain, and now the last 16 years I live in Costa Rica. And this farm was, uh, my mother actually bought this farm, and she just let me play around with it more. She moved away and let me develop it. And yes, it came like a snowball, one thing after the other. Uh, I was actually more in real estate in San Jose in 2008 crisis, which was at one point in my brain, like a big hole, dark hole, the world is over sort of thing, because 
my real estate business didn't go, got me to come here to this beautiful space and be able to change all my life and dedicate it a bit more to the nature and from here on learn permaculture and be passionate about the nature I see surrounding me. Great. And did you know about permaculture when you started this project? No, not at all. We started with the hotel part and the restaurant. And actually the curiosity woke up living here. You know, you see this nature surrounding you, this trees, this symbiosis, beautiful symbiosis, working symbiosis. And actually this was a cattle farm. So I remember I planted like, I think 20 trees and like two years, they did not grow nothing. They were like the same as I when I planted them. And that, I think, is what actually woke up the curiosity. And I said, okay, what can I learn? I went to a course, I learned permaculture, and basically was to get the soil back. Yeah, the 20 years cows in the farm just erosionated all the, the good soil, the good part of the soil. So that's what I learned. That's what we've been doing the last 10 years, basically concentrating in the soil, regenerating the soil making a nice guild, nice combination of plants who support each other and make an ecosystem, not make, be part of an ecosystem. Ecosystem makes itself. The hotel, how many years did you have the hotel running here before you started really getting serious about growing food for it, the restaurant? Did you have the restaurant with the hotel at the same start? We started or? off, yeah, like like an old building and renewed and grew with the tents, with that glamping. And it went like from a little thing, we started off with two rooms, it grew to what it is now. And actually that part was financing this part. This took also a little bit because that's where actually the money from there went into this farm to develop this concept of combination permaculture spa. So you started hotel. off just buying food from local farmers to feed the yes, restaurant yes, and then the restaurant yes. fed the building of the gardens Yes, and correct. continue to, and now the gardens are feeding, feeding the, restaurant the restaurant. Isn't that a guests. beautiful symbiosis? I like that way of putting it. Yeah, I know the cyclical patterns, this cyclical uh -huh. economy or resource movement is really crucial for growth because mm -hmm. when we, the more that we're taking energy out of our system, by buying from outside or making these kinds of movements, the system loses energy. It gets energy back, obviously, but if we can generate it all from within, mm -hmm. uh, we have a regenerative system, right? Yeah. yeah, you can apply that to agriculture and to ourselves too, actually, you know, when you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, taking that principle, mm -hmm. uh, and that's one of the great things about permaculture is that it's applicable out of the garden. It's mm -hmm. applicable in yeah, all aspects absolutely. of our life because it just agree. trains us to think a little bit more holistically and wiser and use some of these concepts to, you know, I really like the word synergy that mm -hmm. in the way that when you've got systems and functions that co-support each other, yeah, that's uh, maximum energy use. So you had the hotel and the restaurant and you were buying food and then you're like, okay, we've got some money. We're going to start planting some fruits and gardens and stuff. When you started taking planting seriously, what were the first things you prioritized for planting? Rebuilding the ground, the soil, making a life again after so many years cows. Yeah, that was the first thing I had to do. Mulching. What kind of plants were you using? Mexican sunflower I used a lot, Madero Negro to nitronize, give nitrogen to the ground. 
yeah, those were the bases of the guilds, basically. And then watching us also by planting a lot of things, who gets along nicer, who, what guild looks better, what guild does not look so good. So where can I change it? What can I introduce in it? That's a long process, which is not finished yet. The learning part of permaculture. I mean, it's never relating nature. So nature is so perfect. I think we'll never really get there to be able to understand such a perfect cyclist, even if we believe we do. Right. But that's, you know, that's the first permaculture principle. Yeah. Observe and interact, observe mm-hmm. and interact, observe and interact. Yeah. Step back, check it out, make changes if needed, mm-hmm. keep doing what's working well. One of the things that I saw a lot around here is bamboo and you're using bamboo and some of your bamboo structures look like they're very, you know, intent, you know, they're, they're made to last. Mm-hmm. And then you're using bamboo for tons of other projects just outside. <laughs> like, I love it. We saw a volleyball court with (laughs) poles out of bamboo you know just throwing it out in the rain and you said it's been lasting five years and you can do that because that was one of the first things you planted up huh how many different species of bamboo would you say you've got around here yes i think three species they're like very calculated you i want to be careful with them because they can be invasive if you take the wrong species right Mm -hmm. the ones i have here none of them are invasive they do like islands they grow fast it's a grass but it's so beautiful because it's part of the ecosystem. You know, you do it and I don't even treat them. I just let it rot because then some bugs go in there. They live from that bamboo. The chickens probably eat the bugs who ate the bamboo. And they're like, welcome to the circuit. Welcome to join. And I have the bamboo growing actually needs to be cut again and be replaced for that you know, volleyball pole or whatever, the greenhouse or the spa or the yoga deck. Most of it's done with bamboo. Yeah, powerful resource. Yeah, mm-hmm. the tents, the glamping tents are like tree houses. I don't know if you saw them. They're like built on a bamboo structure and you're like in the jungle, look over the jungle. And we had earthquakes, an earthquake strong area here. Often it moves a little bit. And the best place to be is in those tents because the bamboo is flexible. And as they say, call it natural steel because it's flexible and strong. And it's like just being in a hammock in that moment when a little earthquake comes. Instead, if you're in a built house of concrete, thing goes up and down with like a box, you know, like a concrete box. That's really violent to feel that in there. Instead, the bamboo swings with the the wave, literally. And so these glamping tents, which is super cool, and it's a it's a strong trend. There's a lot of uh, glamping. There's a lot of places just here in Costa Rica I've seen that have popped up in the last recent years that are just glamping. They've got their whole system laid mm-hmm. out with these tents. So you're buying these prefabricated tents and you're just putting them over a bamboo frame. Yes, uh-huh. a structure actually from below because they're like elevated. They're like tree houses. So like a structure from below comes up and holds those tents, holds the platform where the tents are on. Yes. Great. Yeah, I didn't see those yet. I'll have to check those out on my way out. Yeah, they're like, like if you go out on the terrace, it's like treehouse, you boom, right in the jungle. Okay, I got more to see. Uh-huh. Nice. And this, the the glamping tents, where have you been sourcing the tarp? For I them? get them from the United States. It's like um, surplus army things. They sell you, I think they use them like a year or something. And as training normally say, and then you can buy them pretty good and recycle you take it something used for war and make something nice out of it yeah no they're super uh 
I don't know. They're, they're cute. There's, there's something about just having like this big tent that has a, I don't know if it's a romantic quality or what it is about it. I mean, obviously on the practical side, it's a lot cheaper to build than with some other materials, mm -hmm. but there's just something about being in that kind of structure. I don't know. It's got its own attraction to it. It has absolutely. Yeah. It's like, uh, and we all actually love camping, I think, because of the closeness to nature, the sounds. But we don't like like put up the tents, have all the consequences of actually camping, which are a bit uncomfortable. And that's what you get here, like out of the way, you know, you've got it all set up. And the experience with the being in nature, so close to nature, yeah, yeah. it's different with a textile material in between you and nature than walls. Great. Yeah, we're, we've just recently started looking into getting some for, uh -huh. for our place. I'll look into the army surplus. Uh -huh. That's a good lead. In the restaurant, I saw a number of signs for for tours. You guys have a, actually a lot of services that you offer. I don't imagine you're offering all of those yourself. So you've got and you you've got a volunteer program here. Some people can volunteer for a period of time, but then who's are volunteers running these tours? Are you running these tours? Who's who's offering all these services? No, we have a good amazing team which right now alejandro i think you did not meet him because he's not here but we have who we'll do the yoga we have special therapists for massage and like treatments they're not volunteers volunteers mainly help in the farming part maybe sometimes in reception or in kitchen but not in giving those treatments or tours or experiences that's people who are part of the team. Haido does some part. Haido makes a yeah, cacao tour, for example, and we all do some parts of that. Okay, great. So I imagine like everything, that's just something that kind of grew naturally. Did people start coming to you being like, hey, I've got this service or this tour? Or did you actively go looking for people to fill these positions or opportunities for guests? Both. I think some things like, for example, if you need a new chef, I have to search for that new chef in the restaurant. But often, like you say, just people up here say, hey, I do this and that. I say, wow, how interesting. And from there on, that project grew and developed. And I'm sure it's built some really great relationships. Yes, in the village. volunteers do that a lot. That's the beauty of working with volunteers, that exchange of, of ideas, information. Like we show them things, but they show us so many things too. Yeah, and you've got lots of painting a lot of cool murals those are around. mostly volunteers i always ask him are you in painting oh yeah okay then i give them a couple of walls to to play around and you see the different volunteer the different energy all around i love that yeah it gives the place a real fun vibe uh -huh. yeah and actually when i came in there was a there was a guest who was here some years ago for several months and now she's come back and yes. just feels part of the family uh -huh. right away uh -huh. she, yeah, seven years ago she was volunteer for like two months here and now seven years later, she came back and staying a couple of nights here as a guest. Yeah, that's a nice reencounter. With your gardens for and your fruit forests, you know, obviously fertilization is important, especially if you're producing for a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure your you know your restaurant produces some significant quantity of compost. Mm -hmm which actually you told me you throw all that compost to the chickens, mm -hmm. which is great because that feeds back into the restaurant with mm -hmm. the eggs and so forth. But you're using your tilapia water, seems like one of your primary compost building elements, yeah? Mm -hmm. Why don't you tell the guests a little, or the uh, listeners a little bit about that? Okay, yeah. 
Um, we have that tilapia lake, which by now I don't know how many tilapias are in there. At one point I put 100 seeds and then that's like eight years ago. So right now almost impossible to know how many there are in there. And it's a design in a special way that all the accumulation of the manure and the rest and things which fall into that lake or pond go straight to one exit with a big, I think it's a four-inch, five-inch tube where it goes out and we water plants with that the trees once they're big not the leaves and that helps the surrounding to build microorganisms we have a system where that sprays water on the cuttings we have in the farm everything we clean or we cut we make a big mountain there or a big little area and that is watered with that tilapia water, so that composes in a very good way, fast, and it's very good quality soil later on. And yeah. an easy way of leaving nature do it and not being there turning and mixing. And Yeah, I've seen a number of the places we visited on this tour, they're making compost really fast, impressively fast, in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely got its benefit and you're using i guess at our place we go a little bit more for the take longer time require less energy you know mm -hmm. we're not like really eager to grow our compost fast but uh you've so you're using the system and I, I really like it actually we took a video of the system so if anyone listening wants to see more about this project you can go to the the youtube video that's in linked to in the show notes here but the system of, you know, any farm, especially in the tropics, biomass grows so fast. And as you said, it's the first thing you planted was trees that grow fast so you can cut them and use them for mulch and compost and things like that. And we're actually just visiting uh, another guest, Esteban, and he actually uses macuna as a green manure and he plants macuna in areas that he's going to want to plant in the future. And just, it's a bean that covers the ground with biomass and blocks out the grass and after i think he said he just lets it go for a year year and a half and it kills most of the graph and just builds this huge mass of biomass or mountain of it and then he chops it and leaves it right there mm. right so he's killed the grass and he's built the chopped the biomass it's, it's a cool thing to yeah. uh to check out that interview when it comes out but uh, one way or the other, biomass is important for growing soil and taking it all and inoculating it with that fish pond water is one of the coolest innovations I think I've seen here that I personally know that I can replicate at my place having tilapia ponds. And uh, yeah, yeah, neat system. Uh, is that something you just kind of invented on your own? Did you find that somewhere? Probably not. I don't know. I don't know. Probably it's been invented long. I mean, it's just copying what nature does, basically, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and maybe that system, dripping system, where we put the grass there, I don't know. I, I came up with that, but not with the idea of watering with fish water or things. Okay, cool. Yeah, and then you, you said that, that compost pile of just a ton of green matter, like two meter tall yeah. uh, stack yeah. of green matter being inoculated with this water once a day, that breaks down in about how long? Three, four months. You've got amazing soil to grow. I can show you later on. I've got the seedlings. We all plant in that kind of soil we do there. You and plant directly in that. You bring that right into your nursery. Yeah, correct. We take it to the greenhouse, yeah. Perfect. I love it. It's just low, 
maintenance, low yeah. energy input. That's, his, that's my style. His philosophy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With what you've got going on here, you've really you've grown from something small and you've added systems. And I guess that's kind of the answer to my question, but would you have any particular idea for somebody who has some land? Maybe they have a guest program going on, maybe a volunteer program, and they want to start, they want to get a little bit more pro, they want to get maybe a a functioning restaurant and build up. Do you have any uh, tips in mind for some of the first things they should do in their design process, their plan process, uh, some of the first stages of implementation, anything come to mind? Relative where they are, what are they, what's keeping them back from doing it, different places. Maybe in my case, as I said, it was a rebuild the ground to, but I don't know in what stage some others, I think, yeah, probably listen to their instinct and observe, be observant. That's probably the best recommendation. Do you do anything, uh, special or maybe in those first years to start bringing guests in and really focusing on the guests experiences and making sure that they're spreading the word about your place yes that's why like we don't invest in publicity our goal and what we always did is say give every guest the most amazing experience in whatever we can give it give our best in being attentive to what each of them is looking for or would like to have and that's going to be the best recommendation. And it's been very successful, honestly. It's went fast and it's solid because it's not you who are basically investing every day something in some ad type. And once you don't pay publicity away, it takes a bit longer to build up. But once it's there, it's a very solid form because actually they will do publicity all over the world for you in different forms. And it's exponential action there, you know? What would you say are some of the special touches you put on your guests' experiences here to make sure that's they're getting that value? Having every single team member very passionate about what they do and every team member wanting to give exactly that experience. And that makes an experience. So if everyone here is, goes into each and single, we don't have many rooms, so we can do that. And we love that amount of rooms and because we can still be in a personal treat and really go into what needs either dietetical, like in the food, the chef goes into each and every one and asks them what they like, what they want, then reception and what activity or what needs. So uh, be attentive to each person of the needs of that person who comes, which is easy mostly to fulfill if you're passionate. Yeah, no, I can I can confirm that that's effective. I, I've, I was a little... I don't, I don't want to say shocked, but I was definitely impressed at the greeting that we got when we got yeah. here. Yeah, we were attended. I mean, like I could imagine at a four or five star hotel, uh-huh. uh, really, we, we got a, a tour of the map of the property. We were told about the different systems that you have here, different places we could go on the trails just upon arrival. Mm-hmm. And that really helped me feel grounded into mm-hmm. where I am. And also that, yeah, your employees really do care there was no lackluster there was no like okay i have to tell you about this like he felt like he was showing me his place nice (laughs) so you're doing a good job Uh there yeah felt great Mm -hmm. i thank you very much Mm -hmm. 
What do you say? Do you have any other last pieces of advice maybe to some landowners that have a piece of property? Maybe they don't have a hotel yet. Maybe they're just starting off and getting building. Uh, building soil was definitely something that we've talked about here. Do you have any just general advice for people that are listening that maybe you're still in the city and they want to get back to the land? They, they're looking for places to go or maybe they have family land that they want to start doing something with. Do you have any words for the public here yeah whatever they do on it that they make it with passion that they make sure that comes from their heart that that's what they want to do and and enjoy it and i'm i can almost guarantee they'll have success in that scenario beautiful thanks nico this has been a really wonderful visit actually i was here you know when i first got into the country and i was doing my tour of costa rica and I remember I coming here uh, in those early years and it wasn't actually you that, that met us. It was someone else that was looking after the place, but my communications with you when I first started talking was like, oh yeah, I met you. And when I was there so long ago, and now I realize it was somebody else that was showing me the property as if it was his own. Probably. Yes. Even it's like it's everybody nine years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. From the very they beginning. They feel it all like passion they're passionate about it and that's so beautiful to be surrounded by people who are passionate about what they do and obviously you give passion to strong energy makes everything grow yeah I don't need so much soil then <laughs> <laughs> all starts at the heart mm -hmm. all right my friend i look forward to our next visit thanks for welcoming us <laughs> another kind-hearted pioneer experimenting with the life that he wants to see lived Creating this podcast has been introducing me to some of the most valiantly humble characters in the sustainability movement down here. Many thanks to Nico for sharing his stories with us. One of the most impressive features of Essence Arenal is how Nico has used volunteers over the years to add a unique charm to the place by giving them creative room to make their art. It's all in alignment with Nico's advice to go about whatever you do with a sense of passion. This episode ended up being quite a bit shorter than some of the others, largely because of the extensive tour that he gave us before sitting down to the interview. Make sure to visit our YouTube channel to check out the systems that Nico has in place, including that tilapia pond mulch inoculation station. Nico is the real deal, he's walking the talk, and you just gotta check him out. If you want to know more about creating high-producing food forests in city and suburban environments, I recently came across an excellent course on the topic. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but if you're visiting our website, you can also find a description of it on our resources page. It's toward the bottom of the Inspiration and Education tab. I've found a number of great books and videos on various other topics that you might find useful as well. If you take the course, I'd love to hear what you think. I've been very impressed by Toby's style of teaching. If we're going to green up this planet for the next generations to thrive, we need to be doing it in urban as well as rural environments. That's all for this week. Stay creative and keep on planting.